to sit at your table, dying sufficiently. For you say you will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, Father. So here we are, anoint our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has prepared for us. And Lord, continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it'll be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. And praise the name of the Lord. The Lord had me going into a series and I'm leaving off from the series that I was working on. We'll pick it up later, but I'm really being moved to go into this, into this series until God says it's, it's over with. And I pray that it will work on you the way it was working on me as I was preparing for where it had me in the um, spirit of repentance and, and worship in the name of Jesus. And so the, the title of this message, part one, is The Battle is the Lord. Yes. Now, there's some script, scripture references that are supporting this that I'll be using all throughout this series. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. And... Um, I, when I looked at the word battle, and we, we know we know meanings of stuff, but when you look it up uh, and hear what it's saying to us at this particular time, also based on Hebrew and Greek language, it depends on how the word is formed in the scriptures that determine what it actually means. But it says, arm conflicts, arm conflicts. We are in a conflict now in this world, and different people are armed that are being moved by the spirit of darkness are armed with diff different weapons. And in order for us to overcome, we need to recognize the weapon they're using and then seek God for the weapon that he tells us to use to conquer what we're seeing. Amen. And see, God wants us equipped during this time. This is not about church. This is about covenant people who know who they are because they know who they belong to and they know the person that they belong to. And when we understand that, we're able to withstand and overcome the issues of this world because we're in a war zone. We will always be in a war zone. If you are born again, then you are residing in an illegal or alien position because this is not your home. This is just a place of residence until the time is over for you to go home, but you need to make sure you're going to be ready when the time comes so you can go to the right home. Amen. Amen. And so Satan and the Lord are always in conflict and they are enemies to each other. Okay, okay, now let me go to the scripture. You may need to take out a pen and paper. There are a lot of scriptures that I'm going to be referring to. So this is more of, this is a study and, and, and not a preach message. So Galatians 5 tells us that very fact that the Lord and Satan are enemies and... Um, they don't mix. Galatians 5, uh, verses 6 through 18, and it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the reason why he's telling them this is because he's trying to help them to overcome the lust of your flesh. Amen. So he says, For the flesh lusted against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They don't mix. Amen. The flesh is always coming against the things of God. Okay? And when we follow it, we're going to mess up. Amen. He says, and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. In other words, what your flesh may be speaking to you or the broken uh, your broken soul and the strongholds on your soul may be speaking to you. Your heart has been changed from salvation will be speaking something totally different. And if you listen to the heart, because see, what we think is because things we're doing we like is a heart thing. No, 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 no. It's not your heart. It's your soul. It's your soul that has not 
been delivered yet. Because you, you because have you ever done something and, and thought, well, then why did I do that? Amen. Okay, it's because you we allowed our souls to dictate to us yes. when our hearts were have been changed and it's trying to tell you something different, but you don't listen to the heart because the soul affects the intellect. And with man, they, we think we, we know it all, we got all of the answers, and so whatever the first thing come up, we're gonna go for it because I thought of it. Amen. Well, that's a big cue that you need to stop and really think, amen? He says, verse 18, but if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, because now your spirit, your heart is directing as to what you should be doing rather than the law of the land having to govern you. Amen? Okay, so what we're going to do, I, the Lord is saying, we need to know who he is and know who Satan is. So that we will understand who's speaking to us and why and then how to come against the spirit of darkness who is Satan when he begins to speak to us. Because it, would, it would be really easy if Satan spoke in evil ways all the time. If Satan just spoke dirty, filthy, raunchy things to you all the time, you would recognize it. But remember, he's a liar and he's a deceiver. So he's going to speak good things to you to get you to move and do them. But what, because you have been born again of the spirit of the living God, then you should have the discernment to know whether or not, is this thing expedient for me that sounds good? Or am I in God's timing for this? So there's many things that you need to find out from God before you begin to flow in something that sounds good because then you you have the ability to examine the goods to know whether or not these goods are coming from heaven or coming from hell, okay? So the question is, who is God? See, when we major in the major, <laughs> which is God, we will be able to recognize the minor, which is Satan. And so you, you don't study counterfeit money you study the real deal, so when you see counterfeit, you'll recognize it immediately. And we have put too much emphasis on the wrong thing and don't know who the real person is, so you can't discern the difference. You can't discern situations, uh, opportunities, people, events. You can't discern what is right because you're being led by another spirit that's gonna show you the good, the fun, the things that is appeasing to your flesh and your emotions that will turn you on and not show you the consequences which are long-term that you're going to suffer by a moment's pleasure. Okay, so God has three great personality traits which makes up the Trinity, okay, and um, the first one is God is omnipresence. This means a universal presence of the Trinity. A universal presence of the Trinity. Now remember I said there's three persons in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that covers the whole universe. And as God the head of the Trinity, God is the head of the Trinity, Okay, let's go to Jeremiah 23 to uh, support this. Jeremiah 23 and uh, verses 23 and 24, that God is the head of the Trinity. 23 says, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. In other words, you can't escape God. You may escape people. 
you may, you may escape what, what's being said. You don't want to hear it all. Oh, but you can't escape God. So you can, you can sit here and tune out my voice. But guess what? Because you're present under the truth that's going forth, whether you heard it or not, you're going to be judged for it. Amen? Especially when you sit here as a believer. Okay? And now if you're an unbeliever, you can un probably won't understand a lot of stuff. Okay? But as a believer, you are responsible for the truth. And you're, you're responsible for getting the truth. Because I know people say, well, they don't, I don't get this truth. I don't hear this truth. Well, go where you're going to get it. Okay? So... Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Okay, so he's the God of the universe, all right? The second person of the Trinity is Jesus, and you, we're going to go over to Matthew 18 to support. Who is the word, the power, the anointing, and the authority. So to hear from heaven, we must go and appeal in the name of Jesus. So people say, well, I pray. Sounds good. Do you know how to pray? And are you signing your prayer off with the right person? And people say, well, I, I, pr I pray to God. Okay, that's good, but how do you end it? Because if it's not ended in the name of Jesus, it doesn't reach him. It doesn't reach God. Amen? We, we can only reach him through the Son. Jesus says, when you see me, you see the Father. You know me, you know the Father. And if he has in cold sight our prayer and our petition and our appeal to the highest court, it doesn't get anywhere. And then you wonder why your prayers are not being answered. In Matthew 18, in verse 20, it says, well, maybe I better do 19 as well. Again, I say unto you, and this is Jesus speaking, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Amen? So we see we don't reach heaven without going through Jesus. And isn't it such a comfort of knowing that if just two of you come together agreeing in the name of Jesus, he says, I'm there, and you'll be able to have what you say. Well, you know, this is why I keep saying this, and I'll keep on saying it uh, until he takes me home that this is why it's so important for husbands and wives come together when you're born again, when you're Christians, because otherwise you don't even understand <laughs> the whole thing of it. But anyway, to come together as Christians praying. Let me tell you, if husbands and wives come together as believers in the name of Jesus and begin to declare the word over your wayward child, things will change quickly over anything that's going on in that marriage relationship. He will fix it, he will change it readily. But you know what, the enemy don't want that to happen. Because see, the enemy is smarter than we are. He knows how much power is there. So rather than to have you come together, he'll have you competing and dividing and never praying together or never even just being in agreement. If two come together in agreement and one pray, but we're in agreement, same thing. Amen? But the enemy doesn't want that to happen, so he has you competing. He has you going against each other. He has you too busy. You don't understand. I work. But don't you know that he will lessen that burden, make that yoke easier when you put your confidence in him? Amen? The third part of that trinity is the Holy Spirit. 
which is the breath of God. This is why when you reject his Holy Spirit, it's, it, it, it's like rejecting God. When you reject the Holy Spirit and you don't believe in, and they don't take all of that, you have rejected God because that's God's breath. It's his breathe out instructions, his breathe out blessings, his breathe out whatever. That's the Holy Spirit. Go over to Psalms 139. When people say, well, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't have to receive the Holy Spirit because all they're thinking about is, is whether or not they pray in tongues. Yes, that's a very important part of it, but that's a part. Psalms 139 and verses 7 through 12 says, and I believe this is David speaking to the Lord, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover, cover me, even the night shall be, be light before me or when the darkness fall on me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. In other words, you can't hide nothing from God. I don't care how dark you try to go, how deep in the darkness that you choose to go, you can't hide anything from the Lord. So David is telling him, it does not matter where I am, you're going to see me. You know what I'm doing. I can't hide from you. And so why bother? Because we serve a forgiving God. So whatever you've done wrong, just bring it out in the open and let God forgive you and cleanse you and, and, and you move on. That's the whole intent. He never intended for you to hide. See, that's why we're in the trouble we're in now because if Adam had said, God, we messed up. We ate on that tree you told me not to eat on, and I let my wife listen to Satan and be deceived and go on and eat, but forgive us. But no, what did he do? He ran and hid himself from the Lord. And because of that, then judgment was pronounced on that sin, and we are suffering the consequences today because of that. When we sin, God, forgive me and help me not to, com com to commit it again because asking for forgiveness for a sin that the taste hasn't been taken away from you is a point of faith. Amen. You're asking in faith and you're asking the Holy Spirit to help to deliver you from the things that you've become so entangled to or bound by because you don't want to do it anymore, but you're weak. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, another personality trait of God is he's omnipotence. It means he's infinite. His powers are expressed by his infinite powers, ability that um, he is in control of everything. He created everything. And let's go over to Genesis. Genesis, um, let's go with Genesis 1, verse, verse 3 first. And it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. All God said was, let there be light, and now we got day. Okay? Uh, also, if you, on your own, you can read Genesis, and you'll see where God spoke everything in existence. He spoke everything in existence, and he created man from clay, from dirt. Amen? Amen. He formed us from the dirt, and then he put his spirit in us, but everything else he spoke into existence. And then he gave the, the, the man he created, he gave the dirt <laughs> that he put his spirit in, the authority and the dominion over everything he spoke over. Okay, when we understand who we are and we understand our creator, then you won't sit around and accept everything you hear. Glory, hallelujah. Go over to Genesis 17. 17 verse 1 and when Abram was 90 years old and nine 
the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, glory. Walk before me and be thou perfect, or another word for perfect in here, blameless, okay? So God appeared to Abram to let him know that he was making a covenant with him. And in this covenant was going to be all his blessings that was going to come, come to him. When he says, I am the almighty God, there is nothing that I can't do. Amen. Okay. And so he, he, this is when he's telling him about how he was making this covenant between him and he was going to cause him to, to multiply and to flourish. And his, and he was going to have a seed that was going to multiply and be plentiful on, on the earth. And so what God does, he tells you who he is when he comes to bring you the vision and the purpose so that you don't put your confidence in you. You put it in him to move towards the vision, to, to move towards the end that he has in store for you. And so when he says almighty God, he means Shaddai the God of Shaddai, okay? That means he is almighty. Let me tell you, when uh, Audrey was giving those names, she also gave you scriptures. The scripture was to show you how he became that name, okay? It was situations that occur that he showed up in the form of a particular name and the person began to call him by the name of, of, of provision that was put there for them at the time of a need. Amen. Well, of course, Abraham is going to need to understand that God is almighty yeah. and, he, and there's nothing that he can't do because at that time he wasn't in covenant with God and he didn't understand. He became in covenant and that's when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many, okay? When God calls you, and he calls you to do things, he changed your name, and your name fits the purpose of why you're here. Help the broken spirits so they can receive and drink from the well. Glory. So to have children that was going to be more plentiful than the, the sand, on the land and the stars in the sky, he had to be called father. That's father of many. But he had to walk in a faith that you couldn't see or understand, but because you believe and you trust in their heavenly father, and you can have what you say when you trust in the one that's telling you who you are. Okay. Um, he's, he is control of nature and nations. Okay, let's go over to Amos. And uh, Amos 1, uh, verses 1 through 2, we'll, we'll talk about the nations. The word of Amos, who was among, okay, first of all, I got to kind of kind of set this up. Amos was a prophet. He was a minor prophet, but he was a prophet who God uh, called out of the field. He was working. I guess you would call him a farmer. And God called him out of the field to use him to pronounce a word to the nation of Israel. See, this shows you it's not about your credentials. It's not about who you think you are. It's just to be open for Christ to use when he calls you and he tells you what you're supposed to do that you actually receive it. Now, that's a major thing, and you may not think it's a big deal, but it is a major thing. And, and when God calls us to do something, he's going to prepare the way, and he's going to prepare you in order to do it. Amen? I come against the, the spirit of slothfulness in the name of Jesus. And the word of Amos, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. Okay, y'all need to hear with your heart. He sent the prophet to proclaim what was forthcoming two years before it happened. 
just like he did about this pandemic. He sent prophets well in advance to let us know, okay? And he said, the Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the habitations of the shepherds shall mourn and the top of Carmel shall wither. He's saying, I'm letting you know I have you. I'm going to protect you and I'm going to provide for you in this earthquake that's coming to shake up darkness. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. When we go over to Amos 3, yeah, when we go over to Amos 3, and again, God has given him this word that he has to speak to them because he's upset. But listen to what he says. I'm going to read 3 up to uh, 10. Hear this word that the Lord have spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, you only have, I know, you only have, I know of that the families of this earth, therefore I will punish you for all of your iniquities. What is he saying? I have chosen you to be a covenant people. That's why I'm speaking to you. I've chosen you to be a covenant people. And as a covenant people, there are things I'm expecting for you to do and to hear and to obey. Now, remember at the beginning, he gave Abraham that covenant right. And so anyone that comes up after Abraham comes through that covenant line that says, I've given you dominion and I'm giving you a land and a people. Now, when I give you the land and the people, they're not going to be right and it's not going to be good, but it becomes right and it becomes good because you appear on the land to work it, to do what I've called you to do and to make the change and the difference among the people I called you to. But, Israel, you didn't listen. Therefore, I will punish you for all of your sins. Instead of going to this foreign land and making a difference, you blended in with the people. You became like them. You didn't do what I told you to do. You became like them because it sounded good and they were the majority. He says in verse 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can you walk with me and not obey what I tell you to do? Can you walk with me and not hear when I'm speaking to you? You have to be in agreement with me. Hold your place there and go over to Matthew 18. When God says that, uh, verse 18, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, now we just read this in Old Testament, okay? On earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Okay, God's saying, when you come together, in my name, in my spirit, with me. There is nothing that cannot be done. The problem is, is that the body of Christ is divided. And some come together, but the majority is going against because it seems popular. It makes sense to them. And they think this is what needs to be happened. But let me tell you, give, I'm going to give hope to the few remnant of people because it only takes two or three to come together in the name of Jesus. And we can come against the naysayers and the unbelieving believers. You see, God allowed these things to happen to show that he is the almighty God. Not for you to agree because it seems to be 
popular and that's what the masses is saying. He wants to show himself strong on this universe and the only way he can do it is for believers to hear him and be the exception to what's going on, to stand out from what's going on. Don't blend, don't follow, go with what God is telling you. How can they see his hand on this earth if we're believing and doing the same thing the rest of the world is doing? God wants us to let his light so shine. It'll draw all men unto him. He wants us to, to exude what he has given us dominion and authority over. Do you think he gave man that right in Genesis for us to sit on our behinds and fret, hide, run, no. and blend? No. Let me keep reading. Verse 4. Will a lion roar in the forest when he have no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den? In other words, give heed to a voice that he's not even hearing. If he, if he have not, if he have taken nothing, if he haven't caught anything, right, exactly. uh, see, the animals got more sense than we have. The lion goes by the sound that determines how he's going to go after his prey. Ah, glory, 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 glory. Y'all missed that too. We had a sound this morning in worship. But you just thought it was all oh, just a little clapping. No, it was a war sound. It was a war sound. The enemy recognized it. <laughs> Even if you don't recognize it. Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth? Can a bird fall into a trap upon the earth? Where, where there is no trap for him. Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? How can you take up a snare when you're in the bed with the snare? Verse six, shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord have not done it? Let me tell you, a trumpet it, it, in the Hebrew is a ram's horn. And see, I wrote out some stuff about that. And the ram's horn is, um, oh, here we go. The ram's horn is, was a shofar, which in the Hebrew, uh, which means ceremonial call or used to use to for the ram's horn used to call people of Israel together. The shofar is what the Jews use and it was used for a ceremonial uh, call for the people to come together of Israel. In other words, for co covenant people to come together, that there is a call for covenant people to come together. Now, it was blown on the Day of Atonement in the Jubilee year to signal the release of slaves and debt. Pray with me, y'all. Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> It was blown in the day of atonement in the jubilee year that signaled the release of slaves and debt. When we are captured, the, the horn is being blown, but God's people are deaf. Also, it was used as a trumpet of war as the Israelites were campaigning against their enemies. That's what the body of Christ needs to be doing. It's campaigning against the campaign. In today's age of the church, it is a sound that raises up in your spirit to shout out unto the Lord, and he shall direct the angels to war on our behalf. The delay for victory today is that God's covenant people are deaf to the sound God has put in us. Some of us have ignored the sound and too prideful to shout out. Some are unknowledgeable about how to release the sound. It comes from a deep, humble place of prayer. 
of one who searches the scriptures to know their Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah. If your spirit is only processing the worldview and not listening to God's voice through his servants who speaks a different language from the world, you will not be in, in tune to the sound. God wants his people to stand and stand strong with full armor to fight the good fight of faith in order to overcome the world's system. Rapture versus tribulation. Are you going to be raptured up or are you going to face tribulation? That depends on did you hear the sound. Can you hear the sound? Do you know what to do when you hear the sound? Are you rising up to the occasion to fight the good fight of faith? To overcome those who are trying to overcome you in the name of Jesus. Mm. This is why we have the Holy Spirit. For he will equip us, lead us, guide us, guard us, lift us up, clothe us, and give us peace. Do you know him? The Holy Spirit will let you know the sound that is you're feeling within so you'll know what to do with the sound. There is a certain name, Habakasha. There is a certain name you call on the Lord when you hear a certain sound. Do you know the name so you can recognize it when the sound comes forth? And when you say the sound, when you haul off the sound, then the Lord works on our behalf. He sent his angels to do diligence for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's just waiting for his people to rise up. And what a sound, what a shout. So he can turn things around. He has allowed this to happen because we've been sleeping giants. He has allowed this to happen because we refuse to take a stand for him. And so he figures by now you should be tired. By now you should be awake and rise up to the occasion and fight and fight and fight. Yes, now take that to impeachment. This is why God sends the prophet to tell his people. He's like, I'm trying to wake you up before it's too late. Let me tell you, at this time, listen, we are in the end times. And it's at this time that he wants to prepare us so we're not overcome. Because let me tell you, I don't know what you, how you're thinking, what you see, and based on what you're hearing, but they are trying to turn this country into a communist country. Socialism. Now, we who have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive can put a stop to some things. But even if we don't, at least you are open to know the truth so you don't get caught up in the web. So when Jesus returns, you would either be ratchet up and coming back with him. You're not going to be here to deal with the tribulation. It's when, because when the tribulation comes, when you got in a bed with these Kushites now, then if you can't handle the fire when tribulation happens, they are going to destroy you. And if we are here doing any of this, if you are sound, solid for Jesus, they can't destroy you because they can't destroy your soul. They may kill this body, but they can't destroy the soul. And so you still are going to win and be with the Lord. But if they got your soul on this side of heaven, you're, not only will your body be destroyed, but your soul is going to hell for duration. You got to hold on, hold on to God. You got to know who God is and who he made you to be. This is not a game. This is not church as usual. God is calling for a group of people who know him, love him, and willing to serve him unto death. Unto death and willing to take a stand because it's, let me tell you, if you are falling in line with everything that you're hearing, ask God to recondition your heart. 
recondition your ears so that you can hear clearer and you will know when you're hearing a bunch of lies and deception that wants to keep you. It has to do that in order to turn this country to be a communist country. You've got to believe the hype that you're hearing. You have to receive all of that. We don't understand. We don't understand, but let me tell you, you don't have to understand all of it. All you need to do is understand God and hold on to God and trust God no matter what you hear, no matter what these hear, hear what this is telling you. Hear what this is telling you. Close these up and follow the way of Christ. Follow the way of Christ. He is the only way, the truth, the light, and the life. Nobody else can give you truth. Nobody else can give you life. Only Jesus Christ Nazareth, the Messiah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, I'm just I'm 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 changing this thing. Let me just I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna climax. The great spiritual call of the beloved children of God is to pull their brokenness away from the shadow of the curse and put it under the light of the blessing. This is not as easy as it sounds. The power of the darkness around us is strong. And our world find it easier to manipulate self-rejecting people than self-accepting people. But when we keep listening attentively to the voice calling us the beloved, it, it becomes possible to live our brokenness not as a confirmation of our fear that we are worthless, but as an opportunity to purify and deepen the blessings that rest upon us. Yeah. Do y'all get that? Yes. See, it's a whole lot easier to succumb and accept that that's weak. But you let your fear cause you to work harder and deeper to get into the purification and the deepening of the blessings that will rest upon us. That came from Dr. Jim Denson, now from Pastor Lois. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We let fallen people determine our worth without realizing that they have a need to exert energy and time to convince you and others of your lack of worth because of the lack of worth they themselves feel. There is only one qualifier and he went to your cross for your sins to shed his pure blood for your unworthiness that he cleansed and freed you to be more than worthy. His name is Jesus. The more we understand the death of which God loves us, the more we are empowered to see ourselves as he sees us and to love ourselves as he loves us. You cannot express or convince others of something you haven't received yourself. John 17, 23 and John 4, 8 talks about how much God loves us, proves that God is love. It proves that God is love. He cannot love for he is love and that is his character. So he don't love, he is love. Because when you love, you can come in and out and you chooses whom. But if you are love, you love all the time everyone. Amen. He cannot love for he is love, that is his character. It is what he does, it's never ending. All that he is and do is motivated by love. His love is based on you. What you can or cannot do is based on on who he is in you. What you do or cannot do is based on his love in you. Your lack of ability to receive this fact or truth by faith is what what displeases God. The fact that you don't have enough faith to believe and to receive. But it will not stop him from loving you. You see, the world's culture have you focusing on the three Ps. Possession, popularity, 
and performance. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to prepare for life and worth for us. That trip to Gethsemane and then to the cross made you worthy. And you know the name of Gethsemane means olive press. So the olive was pressed to bring out the anointing that empowered him to do what we could never do on our behalf. So you don't have to get into bed with the enemy. You've been cleansed by the one who's been pressed and took your place on your cross for your sins to free you and then gave you the authority through his blood and his name to speak what he's done and to stand up for it and not fret because you will not be overcome. This world will overcome you if you don't know Jesus Christ. But if you know Jesus, you will overcome because he's already overcome the world. And those in me, he says, are overcomers. And their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So if you don't know him, now is the time. The day is the time to come and know your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We can do far more than what we know. We can do far more than what we think when we trust in the spirit of the living God because we're not the ones who are going to be doing it. He's going to be doing it through you. You see, he calls us. He chose us. He called us to salvation. That's the call. It's not about gifting. He called you to salvation. He chose you to a gift. The first thing you need to do is accept the call and understand who you are in the call so that you can do the work of the chosen part when your eyes open up to what you were chosen to do. You can't understand what you were chosen to do because you don't understand the call and because you haven't really accepted the call. Only those who are called by his name can do the work of the ministry. Otherwise, you are a counterfeit, perpetrating. Because what you do for Christ, don't impress him when you're doing your little Christian duties. But what you know concerning him, that impresses him. Because he knows that you will stand when all else has fallen you will continue to stand. You know who to call on in a time of trouble. You will know who to rely upon when everyone else has failed you. You will know how to get your peace when you have listened to enough news to have you so disturbed you don't know whether you're up or down, coming or going. He will give you a peace. All you have to do is cry out to him, and he will give you a peace so that you can go to sleep just like everything is fine. He will be the one who can direct you when your marriage looks like it's going to divorce court, and he can direct you and turn it around and cause a reconciliation where two will become one. Where two will become one when you listen, when you call out, when you pull on him, when you cry out to him, let your flesh die. Let your flesh die and pick up your cross and follow him. No, in our flesh, in our ability, we can't do nothing. I don't know how to be a preacher. I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to be a mother. I didn't know how to be a caterer if it wasn't for the spirit of the living God to guide me. So whatever you're doing, you're not good because you're good. You're not good because you got the education. You're not good because you got the credentials. You're good because God put the goodness in you in order for you to exude him when you do what he's called you to do. He didn't give you 
those abilities and those skills to make money, to shine in front of men. He gave it so you have an opportunity and the open door to go through and let him shine through you to draw men to him. We're not here for success. We're here to glorify the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Your success is predicated on you knowing him and loving him so much, you lay your life down for him. And when we pass this on to the young people, they can pick up their cross and follow Christ. But we can't pass something on that we don't even realize and haven't taken hold of ourselves. The fact that we may have a good job, a nice home, and all of this stuff is the byproduct of the, of the bonus of knowing him. But we got it all turned around. We think all of our accomplishments and all that we do and all that we have is what we were put here for. And let me tell you, I'm, praise the Lord, uh, Daryl Strawberry, Okay, he's a baseball star. He's an athlete that has been able to arise, arrive, only to find out he hadn't. Get his book, he found out he has not arrived until he found Jesus Christ. We need to educate our children about the times because let me tell you, football, baseball, basketball, none of those balls are going to be able to keep you when this world is overcome by a communist view. You won't be able to play enough ball because let me tell you, that system is set up for the rich only. There's no middle class. It's the rich and then the poor is down here. And I don't care how great you are because that's what they want to convince us black people to do is to just put all of our emphasis and concern on those kinds of things so you'll be out of step and out of tune with what's really going on so that they can overpower us. Amen. So we need to wake up and realize what's going on. Find out what's going on in the world. And, 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 and read. Read. Get off them phones. Read. Because some stuff that you need to know, they're not going to put it on the phone. That's why they're trying to shut it down. They don't want certain things in technology for you to get on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of those things. They don't want you to know because you will be too smart. And they are afraid of how smart you can really be. Don't you know that if they wasn't afraid of how smart you, you could be or smart some people have been, they would not be doing all they're doing to shut it down, to keep you from becoming more knowledgeable. Because knowledge is equipping. And when you got knowledge and you got Jesus, you got power and you got authority. And that's what Daryl Strawberry came to understand. That all of that popularity and all of what he had, he had nothing until he found Jesus Christ. You don't have time for church. You don't have time for nothing else because sports has overcome and overtaken you. Or whatever your little fancy is. Let me tell you, you're setting them up for destruction. We are in the end times. And in the end times, next thing comes is tribulation and rapture. Do you want your kids to be destroyed because all they know is what's going on in the world, but they don't have a clue who their Lord and Savior is? I'm going to say what's right in the sight of God. We are losing, we are losing our young people. And this is not the time. Just like Amos said what God told him, he said the word, the, the warning, Two years prior to. I know we have been given words because I have found words that I've gotten from other people and when I was going through my papers, that was years ago that was a warning to prepare for now. Okay? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. 
And when we don't hearken to what God is preparing us for, then you have no excuse. You can't say, nobody didn't tell me. Well, I didn't know. Well, how would I know? Uh-uh. You can't say that. Life is more than sports, technology, sexual perverted behavior, and all of that stuff. God is not against people enjoying life, but he's against life holding on or overtaking you that you can't see the light. He says in his Bible, those who hold on to their lives are going to lose it. But those who lose their lives will have life. That means let the world go, seek him first, and he'll add everything else that you need. He'll add it unto you. He'll add it unto you. What we, I'm going to keep on saying this, what we as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents need to do is to repent of our ignorance of the time and of the Lord and not have passed it on to others. And even those of you who don't have children uh, but you have the opportunity to be around children, the same thing. The same thing. You need to repent of the same thing. Why am I saying this? Because there is no future if they don't grow up and know what they need to do. There is, an, there is no future generation who can take over this world. At this particular time right now, if they had to take over the world, dealing with the spirits that they, these politicians are dealing with right now and these rich men who, who uh, the politicians are in the pockets of, these, these young people would be destroyed. First of all, um, they would commit suicide or go insane. Do you realize that since the pandemic, suicide rate has increased tremendously? Amen. Alcoholism, drugs, because they can't handle it. I don't care how educated, how bright you are intellectually, if you don't have no knowledge and common sense, you're worse than a person with no education because you're weak and you will buy anything and you will accept anything because you know it, it makes sense to your intellect but what about wisdom comes from the lord amen. wisdom comes from the lord amen okay if all minds are clear then i'm going to first do the call of salvation and then climax it with the the benediction amen, amen. You've heard quite a few things today. And if your heart was touched by the Holy Spirit, then this is the day for you to make a new resolution, and that is that you're going to live for Jesus Christ. So I, I just want you to um, repeat after me to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Dear Jesus, I need you. I want you. I believe that you died for my sins. And you suffered for me. And shed your blood for me. So that I could have new life. And that more abundantly. I thank you for your salvation grace and all of the sacrifices that you made for me to confess you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for the gift of salvation. And thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that I have received in order to walk and live this life as a Christian sold out for God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The benediction. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly Father.
so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all of your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. And be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs>